any business. I don't care if you're a lawn service business or if you're, you know, some online guru. Partnerships are key. Put your, look look around and find affinity brands that you could you could like maybe partner with to do a giveaway or do a this or do a that, whatever it is you're trying to do, right? A charity outreach thing or whatever. Partnerships are what make make the world go round. People who are willing to open up their themselves to be aligned with another company or another brand or another someone and, and kind of use the power of two to make, make something bigger and better and connect with more people and, and cross-promote each other are the smartest people in the world. Life, the ultimate challenge. These are the travels of the Million Dollar Trek. Its mission, to explore strange and bold ideas, to seek out new inspirations and new perspectives to boldly go where no mere mortal has gone before. And now, coming to you from the classiest radio station on the air, this is... Hey there, Trekkies. Welcome to another edition of the Million Dollar Track with Kamari Ellis. Today's edition is kind of a redo, and we have a bit of a... We caught a little bit of an audible... Today's episode is with Mr. Chris Arone. I'm going to say his name right. I didn't mess it up. His last time I botched it. Um, but it's with Mr. Chris Arone, Mr. Chris Arone and his lovely partner, Lacey. Now, Lacey, I don't know your last name. Ursioli. Try to say that five times fast. Say it again one more time. Ursioli. Ursioli. So we're, we're doing a, a retake again. So uh, we're going to talk to Chris and Lacey because they're doing some wonderful things on the Chris Arone Show and their Next Level Society. So they're shaking some things up, helping some people make some money, and they're here to give, the, give us some of their million-dollar ideas. So I just got a little bit of tidbits that I didn't know about Chris or Lacey. So the very first question I have to ask, breaking or Beach Street? What do you think? I'm going to say breaking. Uh, break in. Break in. Chris? I'll go with that. It must be a West Coast thing. Why? Well, I, I think you're right. I do. I think it's, B Street is yeah. far more East Coast. You're yeah. right. It must be West Coast. B Street was far better, far more superior. I better can't player. walk away from Special K. I can't walk away from, you know, Ozone and Dick. Come on, man. And Turbo. Turbo and Ozone. Well, just to give everybody just a little bit of backstory there, we just found out that Lacey works with the Jabba Walk. He's a very famous um, breaking crew who actually won, uh, what's the name of the show that they won? MTV's America's Best Dance Crew. Yeah, America's Best Dance Crew. And and they all, Nick, I mean, excuse me, Chris and Lacey both love hip-hop. So I had to throw that in there because everybody yeah. knows that I love hip-hop as well. So, the Chris Theron Show. Yes. New edition. So, I interviewed Chris a few months back. It got messed up, so we're doing it all over again. So, just to kind of give a quick synopsis, Chris is like this jet-setting guy who was working a regular 9-to-5 job and turned down um, huge six-figure deal and fast forward to what is it about a year now Chris actually from when I made that decision or coming up on a year yeah October October I think is when I turned in that position okay so he made the decision to turn down a major position and to go out on his own and start a podcast a new show so let's give everybody a little bit of what you've been doing since then because everything has changed your world is upside down now I don't know what's going on with you guys um it absolutely has changed and it it is upside down and that is what excites me every day because originally when i started on this path uh was february 12th is when my show launched uh i had no idea what was about to happen what i was going to get into 
And that's the exact reason why I chose to, to do what I do. Fast forward to today, the show started one way. I wouldn't say it had a format because I never really had a format, but if we were to, to put a format to it, it was very loose, very whatever, uh, very heavy on entrepreneurs' backstories and what have you. Um, now I have uh, the, the lovely Lacey Arcioli you know, as, as a co-host, and we are traveling all over and we're doing stuff. And I, I don't know, like it, it feels that every month the, the show changes, but it doesn't actually, I shouldn't say changes, it evolves. And the beauty of it is the audience, and, and you can tell me if, if this is true, uh, the audience evolves with us. Your audience absolutely has evolved. I mean, admittedly, you got me to do some stuff and take me out of my comfort zone a little bit. That's actually been helpful. I mean, you challenged me to the 30, uh, the 30 day yeah. video, yeah, which, right. which actually, which I kind of thought I sucked at, but it actually worked in terms of developing some new relationships and um, engagement and things like that. I didn't get all 30 days. I got 26, so I got three more to do. But uh, Wait, how many did Chris get? That, well, I'm, how many I'm, videos oh, did Chris get? I was the creator of that thing. Let's, so. let's just put it out there. How many videos did you get? Honestly, I don't remember, but I didn't I didn't get... Uh, you didn't get your 30? No. Oh, look at that. Oh. I'm going to challenge everybody, and I'm not going to finish. You know what? We should, we should do we'll that do again. again. We we'll should do, do it again. again. Let's do it again. And I'm glad you said that it helped you, because I think that that's, that just... You know, makes the point. You yeah. just get a step outside the box, do something different, just try it, even if you think you suck. Yeah, who cares if they suck? That wasn't the point. I mean, I know you know this, but the point was to just get, you just said it, get yeah. out of your comfort zone, try something different, and yeah, and it, and it works. If, if one person, which that one person just told me just now in this interview, if one person said, you know what, that helped because they got me to, to look at something different light or try new things, then the entire thing is worth it, regardless if I finished the thing. I know, I just like giving you crap, sorry. <laughs> No, I appreciate that, Lisa. You're like the ultimate accountability partner. Thank you. I, I like to I like to call myself that as well. Thank she's, you. She's the voice of reason. Oh, uh, like that too. We need that. The great counterbalance. Yeah. So on, on, so you know, it's the million dollar track. So, Lacey sounds like Spock, and I guess you're Captain Kirk, huh, Chris? Uh, I'm probably gonna be hated, but I never really watched the show. Uh, I, was Star, I was Star terrible. Wars. Can I tell you something about Spock? Because uh, you may not know this and you couldn't know this because I have earphones on, but my ears are kind of pointed like Spock. Let so when see, I was young. <laughs> they are, right? A little, a little bit, not as much. No, no, no. I'll show you a close-up picture. You're going to die. Anyway, so I used to call myself Spockette when I was little because I loved the show and I was uh, I was such a geek about it that people, I, I would point my ears, point it out, and I wanted my mom to try to sharpen them and make them more pointy because I love Spock. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Now, now, Chris, what made you want to do this show? Originally? Originally. It was almost like an epiphany. I was, I was listening to a lot of podcasts at the time, figuring out, you know, what am I going to be when I grow up? I just came from a, a very high position in corporate America. And it literally was as easy as I should do this. I could do this. Why can't I do this? Uh, I'm gonna. I have no idea how I'm gonna make money, but I am aware that others are out there and they make money at it. So why can't I? Okay. So did you fall prey to uh, the JLD effect, or did you have this motivation before that? No, I had the motivation before that. And for like, all those listening, the JLD effect is the John Lee Dumas effect. John's like killing the game right now. Well, what's well, let's talk about that for a second. I know this is your show, but I'm gonna open this up. What is the the JLD effect? Because 
Uh, I have my version of it that absolutely pisses me off, and I got no problem screaming from the rooftops about it. John's a friend of mine, so that it's not like I'm talking no, about. And 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 that wasn't a shot at John. That's just you know he's he's changed podcasting a lot. He's got a lot of people went through it. I mean that's how you and I met. Um, yeah. But uh, a, a lot of the, the, the veterans of it have said, you know, well, it's not going to work. Getting people trying to do uh, a po- a daily podcast is, isn't going to work. So I don't say that with any kind of, um, uh, again, it's not a shot at John, but clearly it, the no, 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 effect, yeah. it, it is an effect. I will take a shot at everyone else listening that names their show on fire or, or burning or anything. I will take a shot at anybody that does a seven day or a five day or because of John, I will take a shot at all those people because at the end of the day, only John could do what John does. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's as if somebody uh, wants to do a very loose based hour, hour plus show three times a week with a female and uh, try to cop what we're doing. We're the only ones that can do us. You know what I mean? So it's just frustrating to me when people like blatantly steal what John's doing, thinking that they can replicate that and make the the hundred fifty to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month. You know? I, I mean, I think it's I think it's a little bit deeper than that. We all kind of mimic each other to a certain degree. Of course, of course. I mean, that's yeah. just human. That's just human nature. Sure. Um, since John was is relatively new um, to the industry, matter of fact, because I I listened to. The other interview you had with uh, Money SOS, Steve Stewart. Oh said, yeah, that was just yesterday. Yeah. 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 yeah, He said, you know, I've been I've been podcasting for five years, and here yeah. is this, this new kid on the block that's coming out, he's whipping my ass, you know, yeah. Yeah. in terms of downloads. But you know, it, th- that's that's the the crazy thing when you compare compare yourself to other folks, it, it never it never um, works out well. Yeah, I think we're big believers in that. You know, the, I actually, that's how I even joined the podcasting community was um, Chris and I have, have been friends for a little while now. And we were really just business, like accountability friends. You know, we would have lunch, we would talk about what we're doing. It wasn't even formalized, but we were kind of kicking each other in the junk to make sure that we knew we were staying on track with whatever we were working on in life. Kept trying to get me to come on the show. And I kept saying, I'm not even that interesting. Why would I do that? Until... We sat down one night and we did like a, a session about his business and about what, you know, what he's been up to. He was kind of in a rut, like, and that's fine. And I don't even, I never even have been a fan of the podcasting world up until recently. So I, yeah, I was I like, you say that. Yeah, yeah, I don't even get this damn world. Like, what are these, why, why, why do you think you're so interesting? Why do I care? Why do I, you know, why can't people get the audio right? Like all these things, right? And, and what was bothering me the most is that everybody was trying to be like everybody else. Everybody yeah. sounded the same and it really, really, really bothered me. So when he was in a rut, I kicked him while he was down a little bit. I said, yeah, you should be in a rut because you're trying to do it like that guy and you're trying to do it like this girl and you're trying to do it like them. Why don't you just be you? You're interesting enough as you are. That's why you are doing so well. Stop trying to conform. And I kicked him in the junk. We called it the, the kick him in the junk session, I think is what we named it. And uh, and then he said, will you, now will you come on my show? Can we talk about what we just did? Because what you did with me tonight changed my thinking. You're right. You recharged me. You, you shifted my uh, focus. So I agree. You know, I think, it, yes, we all copy each other. But, man, it sucks when you hear everybody just trying so damn hard to not be original. You can copy each other as long as you put your own DNA yeah. into right. it. That's, right. that's the thing. I think fear stops people from doing that most of the time. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, Lacey, you just, you just jumped in with some very profound points. I don't really know your backstory except for you handle the marketing for the Java story. So yeah, just share with us a little bit about what your backstory is and how you've arrived today on the Chris Theron show. All so right. I, and I guess the show title will have to change at some point, right? Oh, 
that's interesting. <laughs> you know, honestly, we, we talked about it a lot. At yeah. first I said, absolutely not. This is your show. I'm just a co-host. I'm just a co-host. But the more and more we do it, we're realizing it's a 50-50 split and we really do both bring a lot to the to the forefront for it. So I don't know that the name will change because I'm a branding expert. I, I, it's hard to rebrand when you've got so much in it, but we may evolve. We're going to see how it goes. Yeah. But yeah. there's no name change in the near future, just to clarify that. There, there's, there's a logo change yeah, coming there's, and there's, there's some artwork change yeah. coming. Ah, ah, that's the branding side. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my, my background, you know, I grew up in Vegas. I've been here since I was nine. My family, uh, I come from a family of performers. So my family had, you know, a traveling show band. My mom was a dancer. My dad was a singer. They, they performed in the lounges on the strip. And I was, a, you know, hanging out with the cocktail servers while they would rehearse. Drinking Shirley Temples. That was me. I grew up around lots and lots of um, celebrities and many celebrities in the Las Vegas world. Um, Fast forward to, you know, my life, I did a lot of theater, a lot of dance, and then I ended up kind of abandoning that early on, um, which is sad because it was a huge passion for me because I started my family young and I had somebody once tell me, you know, oh, you can't do that anymore. And so I listened and I said, well, crap, I guess I can't do that anymore. I have a family now. I have two beautiful children. My husband and I are, you know, been together since I was 18. So long time, long time ago, um, started my career in the casino industry because when you live in Vegas, where else do you work, right? Either the casino industry or the casino industry. So um, I did that very quickly, um, learned that I didn't like it. You know, I wasn't really a fan of casinos, wasn't really a fan of the gaming industry, nothing, but I stayed with it and I because I was doing very, very well. I was rising to the top without even trying, So, which was cool, but at the same time, I was absolutely unfulfilled. So bounced around a lot within the gaming industry, whether it be the people who make slot machines or the people who you know, have casinos, and then finally broke free and shifted over to entertainment, which is, again, something I'm strongly passionate about. Um, I was able to go and uh, work for Cirque du Soleil, took over marketing, um, ran marketing for the resident shows division uh, out of Vegas, LA, New York, and uh, Florida for a couple years. Really had an amazing time working for that brand. Um, about the same time that Chris, a little bit before, but about the same time that Chris was having a transition in his life as far as careers go, I was as well. And then I decided, okay, I'm done with corporate. I don't want to do this anymore. I cannot have it suck my lifeblood. No matter how cool Cirque du Soleil is. I was going to say, it's Cirque du Soleil. It's not corporate. Yes, it is. It's corporate. (laughs) And that's the thing. You know, it's such a, it's all smoke and mirrors, right? Everybody thinks, oh, Cirque du Soleil or, oh, Disney. All these beautiful, big, huge, amazing brands that are so creative and that they bring so much joy to people's lives through their art on the back end are almost, almost stifled by their, their creativity. You know, like Disney, for instance, we worked with Disney a lot because we had a show at Disney world and the machine at Disney is so large to make one decision, to have one thing happen. It sometimes can take up to five years and they're comfortable with that timeline. There's nobody moving fast. Nobody. It's like the post office kind of, you know, like, but it's Disney. Why isn't everybody walking around with mouse ears on? I don't understand. You know, same thing with Cirque du Soleil. I love the experience. I appreciate it. I'll never, ever, ever forget it. It was incredible. I learned a ton about myself. But I kind of realized, you know, after many years in the casino industry and in an industry that I wasn't passionate about, shifting my knowledge over to something I am passionate about, I realized there's so much more I can do when I'm not limited by one client. And I considered them a client. So um, started consulting, had a great time, met Chris. Still didn't like podcasts. Still had no clue what the hell podcast was. Still didn't care. I hold that against you. Thank you, because I've changed my mind, so that's all good. Okay. But, um, you know, and then um, Jabberwockies called in February, and I said, no, actually. I said, no, I'm not doing it. I don't want to come back. I'm not. I love you guys. So how did you meet the Jabberwockies, or how did they find out about you? 
They found me online, actually. Um, they had a new CEO come in to try to help them restructure the business to, you know, they, they've got a show in Vegas. They've got a, uh, they're, they're here, you know, five nights a week. They perform, they travel the world, they do competitions, they do corporate events. They're, they're, they're hustling to say the least. So they needed some, some new structure and they've never had anybody really focus on marketing from a high level strategy standpoint. So she found me, the new CEO and said, you know, really need you on my team. No, I'm good. Thanks. I love you guys. I'm happy to help you. I can consult for you, but I really don't want to work for another company right now. I'm really doing well with this consulting thing. She came back multiple times and finally had a conversation with me that really changed my mind and said, you know, if I can help them, which I know I can, they need me full-time. So I decided to kind of take them on as a full-time client, not necessarily buying into the corporate side of things. Just, I want to help them. You know, there's very few things you'd have to do to make a difference in these guys' lives to build a brand that could last for the rest of their lives, you know, and, and that could, my children's children could enjoy, you know, and I believe in their brand. It's really amazing. So that's when I kind of put consulting um, on hold, not necessarily completely, but definitely uh, paused it so that I could spend some time with these guys. And uh, it's been great. Now, now, are you still doing that or? I am. Yeah. So I still work with those guys. Um, a little bit more of a scaled back mode now because I'm so focused on the stuff that I'm doing with Chris. The podcast takes up a lot of our time. And, you know, as you mentioned earlier in the intro, the Next Level Society is a, a new business that Chris and I have just launched that um, both he and I are extremely passionate about and we know is going to um, kind of push things to the next level. No pun intended, the Next Level Society. Um, no, push that, things that should be for a us. That should be a Yeah, point. it is. No, man. So that's kind of, so I'm doing a lot of things. My hands are in a lot of pots. You know, I've got the Jabberwockies on one side. I've got the podcast, which is, which is really fun and it gets me back to my performing. I'm not performing, but you know, it still feels like I'm fulfilling that a little bit in my life. And then I've got this amazing group where we're helping people to grow their business and scale their business and figure out what the heck is the next step. And that's exciting. Awesome. Awesome. Now, you know, originally I wanted to uh, re-interview Chris, uh, but Lacey was there. So I had to have her on because, uh, you know, I love the energy. Thanks. But the main reason why I wanted to interview Chris again is because I really think this guy's like the hustler's hustler. He's all over the place and he's got like the coolest Kango ever. <laughs> because I wear Kangos. I'm like, that should have been part of my branding. But <laughs> maybe I'll get one with like a purple stripe because I tend to like to wear purple when I'm on a camera and doing stuff. But uh, we'll, we'll come back to that. But I wanted to know, Chris, what made you, you were already doing pretty well, over 100,000 downloads a month before Lacey came on. And for everybody listening, 100,000 downloads is, is very good. That's at the point where advertisers start to take notice of your show and possibly uh, will do advertisements with you. Um, so, Chris, what, what made you want to bring Lacey on? What was the value that you saw bringing on a partner? Originally, it was the very first episode that she did. I saw the numbers spike. I saw her episode, which I think was 55, yeah. uh, trend higher than any other episode I've ever had on the show. And no offense to Lacey, like I've had some big bougie people. You know what I mean? For whatever reason, her, like whatever, whether it was her, her, the picture I think it's because you used a picture, whatever, a nice photo of me. Whatever it was, the content, well, I don't know, but it trended super say. fast. <laughs> <laughs> I just caught on to what he said. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, 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 it was amazing. And I was like, okay, you're, you have no choice. You're going to be back on. And she, she came back on. And then I was like, I want more, I want more, I want more. But or, that's, that's one aspect of it. Because look, at the end of the day, like uh, I'm a marketer, I'm a businessman, whatever. And if I see something that works, I'm going to exploit it. Exploit it in a good way. Yeah. Uh, but exploit it. Two, 
I was in dare I say, I don't know if I've ever even admitted this openly. I was like getting bored almost, you know, like I wasn't getting bored of the interviews and I wasn't getting bored of the show. There was just some type of boredom creeping in. And when I figured it out is I wanted to do more, uh, like regular shows that really weren't interviewed, that were more chat based. And I personally hate doing solo shows only because I'm not good at it. I'm better when I can riff. Them. Um, it's so funny you say that because I started radio with a partner, um, my partner in business actually, Jocelyn Wright. My whole buildup of learning radio was with a partner. And so we got to a point where she didn't want to because we have some podcasts out there together. She got to the point where she didn't want to do it. And, you know, it's like, wow, so what do I do now? <laughs> so you yeah. guys are kind of going kind of in the ver- reverse of what of what I did. But I, I'm, I'm like you, Chris. I would rather have a partner um, because I feel it's easier to riff with. And you can vibe off of one another and catch an idea and just and just do different things. It, it's it's when you interview people and you guys vibe and you can talk to them about anything. That's awesome. It, it's awesome. But the problem with interviewing guests is you have to restart that every single time when you have a new person on. With Lacey, uh, we can riff and have a good time and take it, take the conversation down any rabbit hole we want to go down. Also, you know, let's say we, we're, we're talking about something today. We can reference back to a conversation we had 10 episodes ago. And it's just like that conversation can just continue, continue, continue. And then we can just explore where this is going to uh, go together. Mm, awesome. Awesome. Because when I when I hear each one of your well, I know your background, Chris. We talked about it a little bit, and that was more business development with a major um, cell phone carrier, mm-hmm. or major cell for cell phone carriers. And I hear Lacey's background. You guys kind of have the makings of like a, a wonderful agency model. That's well. <laughs> funny yeah. you say that. Yeah, we we've talked about that a little bit for sure. Yeah, I mean because she has you know more of the pure marketing, um, big business uh, branding stuff, and you have more of the the biz dev stuff and you guys could come together and be a mighty force. So that's awesome. Did you see any of that when you initially invited her on or did that just kind of developed and came to fruition as you went along? No, that's, I think happened right from the very beginning where we were already like that. We were already getting together for lunch or coffee or whatever and, and discussing business and helping each other out and keeping each other accountable. And, uh, you know, just kind of roundtabling what's going on in our lives. I mean, we would break down businesses and we would just talk about the stuff for fun, yeah. you know? So uh, having the ability and uh, the, the luxury to do it on the show is just like a big fat layer of icing on, yeah. on this cake, you know? Sky's the limit. Sky's yeah. The limit. yeah, we think so. Biggie Thank said you for it. saying it. Yeah, Biggie said it. That's, <laughs> That's one of my favorite Biggie songs, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> So another thing, I don't know, does that, can I talk about what we talked about before the show, Chris, with some of your entrepreneurial exploits? Oh yeah, heck yeah. Like, look, I will share anything on any show. I don't care. It's just some things are not meant for certain shows and <laughs> your show can house it. We'll be talking about it. Yeah. yeah. You can talk about whatever you want. Well, we were talking about the internet and um, yeah. when, when I first, when I first came on, my camera was pointed down on my crotch. <laughs> unintentionally unintentionally and so chris said what are you guys running a porn studio over there and i said i wouldn't be opposed to it because porn is the, the biggest revenue generator on the internet still to this day yeah and he says well yes i know because i i ran a porn function i don't know if it was a site or whatever it was but can you well, talk about that yeah yeah i didn't run for uh i, I didn't run it own it i worked 
for at the time it was like the largest cam site on the internet for that time. And and and, and real quick, by the way, because I tell people this story, or they'll hear I was like doing porn or whatever, and they think it's like one thing. It was literally like a boiler room type of of like room with a, a bunch of computers on desks with dudes like that look like they haven't came out of their basement since the nineteen eighty three. Like that's what it was. Uh, that's that's where I met Uncle Eddie, mm. a mutual friend of ours. Uh, Uncle his, Eddie, what his name? We call him Uncle Eddie. What a name! <laughs> yeah, um, we cannot reveal his real name because no, no, he would no. be offended that we call him Uncle Eddie. <laughs> no. It was like, did I did I see porn and all that stuff? Yeah, but it wasn't like, wow, this is fun. I'll tell you this right now: probably one of the greatest jobs that I've ever had because uh, what goes into Obviously. marketing? <laughs> well, yeah, but. <laughs> What goes into marketing porn online? Like, if you really want a to drink from the fire hose in terms of like tips and tricks and strategies and what works and fonts and colors and pictures, like all that, go sell porn for a couple months online and learn from those guys. Well, it's it, the reason the reason why I asked that it was intentional is because yeah. porn did a lot of things to break through um, on the internet uh, in, in terms in terms of. Are you guys running a joke on me or something? Oh, he just bumped his I mic, just, and yeah, I, t- I just gave him a dirty-ass look. Sorry. No, um, well, porn has done a, a lot of things. And so, you know, if you look at some of their copy, I mean, it's yeah. kind of spot on, but it's like, well, what kind of person thinks like that? You know, so that's why I asked like that, because it's clearly a marketing lesson there. Mm-hmm. Most people may shy away from it because of the taboo nature of of the uh, of, of the industry. But, again, this is the main dollar track, and we look to have people think, in different ways, so I'm not afraid to talk about a taboo subject. Look, I've said this a lot, and Lacey's probably sick of it with the, the convention I'm about to mention, is we were doing a show once, and I brought up uh, bronies, which is like men who have this sexual fetish for My Little Pony. Somebody tweeted where... Yeah, they, hold on. Let him take that in for a minute. <laughs> let it... <laughs> let him take that in. Just let that marinate. You said with ponies? My Little Pony. My Little Pony. Like the toy, My Little Pony from the 80s? So it's not a bestiality thing. It's like a toy thing. It's it's like a toy thing. It's not bestiality. It's a fetish. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. But but they have a convention that just most recently in New York was attended by 9,600 people to this freaking thing. And not to mention that same show, I think we also talked about the mafia. I think we talked about Big Tobacco. Like We talked about a lot of things that can fit in that porn category that a lot of people they want to shy away from or they think is bad or whatever but like you can't ignore the kind of money the porn industry makes yeah. you can't ignore the the money that big tobacco makes whether you agree with it or not like they are doing something right so those are the types of things that uh i, I don't close myself off from and i look at and i go okay if this cam site back then it was 2000 it was like mid 2000s like whatever when I was doing it, if this porn site or this cam site figured out that they need to be at this placement of the the, the page and their positioning uh, against their competition is this and all this other stuff, like, yeah, is it, a, is it a, a picture of some girl like spreading her big gaping, you know what, and is it like real raunchy? Yeah, but when you can look past that and see how they did it, right, and deconstruct the marketing behind it, it's freaking genius. And... I see stuff today 
this is kind of like, you know, like I grew up skateboarding and every time I look at a set of stairs or a ledge, I think of like tricks and stuff like that. And I know you mentioned that with yeah, dancing. Dance. When, I see, mm -hmm. when I see stuff online now, uh, where placement is and opt-in forms and all that, I think back to like back, back then. And I'm like, this is what they were doing in porn. Yeah. Like, you know, years, years ago, ago. Right. this is popular now, but they've already ran through that in the porn industry. Do you think there are any other industries folks should take a look at who are uh, groundbreaking um, that can, you know, their business owner help them think about things a little bit differently? Um, I wouldn't, I, I mean, groundbreaking, it's tough to say. I would say, at least for me, pay attention to any industry outside of your own. Yeah. Uh, I get inspiration, and this is starting to die off now uh, just because this fad is, is dying off. But I, I, for a while, I was getting a lot of inspiration from the food truck industry, especially out here on the West Coast. Like Vegas specifically, we yeah. only have three in the entire city, whereas other cities have hundreds of thousands. Yeah. So yeah. it's new to us being where we live. And when I say we have a bunch in Philly. And yeah. real, real quick, just so everyone's clear who's listening to us talk, when I say food trucks, I don't mean like the, the taco ones that are like white and they usually have like a blue roof. I'm talking about the ones that are like wrapped branded, branded wrapped. Social media. Exactly. Those are the ones that, that I look at. So. Okay. All right. All right. So, Lacey, I know you're going to have to jump off a little bit for another call, so I would love to uh, talk to you a little bit more as well before you have to okay. run. see how busy Sweet. this girl is. Bougie yeah. busy. Yeah. Um, I'm a hustler, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's it like being partners with Chris? You know, I'll be honest. Um, prior, and I'm going to fawn on him for a moment. So look away so that you don't get all okay. blushy. But, um, you know, up until I met Chris as a friend, even before I got on the podcast, months before that, just meeting him as a person, um, he really helped to open my mind up to make me believe that I like could be an entrepreneur. Because forever I was like, I'm not an entrepreneur. I was working in industries that really kept me in a box, you know, a neon box for that matter, because it was Las Vegas, right? And so I really, um, I really was stifled for many, many years. I had a lot of ideas, but I always thought, oh, someone's already done it. Somebody's doing it better. Why would I even go that route? He shook me when we first met. I mean, very one of our first meetings, he shook me and was just like, what are you talking about? Just do what you want to do. Like, it doesn't matter. And so being that kind of a friend to me already had already impacted my life in a way that I can't even really express fully it's it's immeasurable um and then to finally be able to actually partner with one another and it's funny because from the moment we met we, we kept saying we will work together at some point we will figure this out we will work together there will be a project that we have to work on so because of that you know and always having it in the back of our minds for it to actually have to come to fruition very organically without being forced really it's just oh this was this works let's try it oh my gosh this looks good let's do that oh my gosh people are asking us to do this let's build a business like there was just so many organic steps that that came through it um that it just it, i don't know it just took our, our initial friendship and it made it explode essentially so working with him is sometimes frustrating because we have different styles but but it's been um far reaching inside the depths of me to expand who i want to be how i can do it and, and really he's opened my mind up to a yeah. lot of new things and what's your style versus his style I'm a, I'm a little more structured. I'm, I like to have things a little more buttoned up before I push it out to the universe. He is very much, uh, what do you call that? Spray bullets or something? What do you say? Fire rain Eddie. Fire, whatever. Fire, yeah, fire, he's just fire like, rain Eddie. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So he does it in a, in a much diff, different fashion. So my fashion works better for certain things. His fashion works better for others. So I've learned, you know, and it's been frustrating. We've wanted to kick each other in the junk multiple times. I've punched him, I think, a few times. Like, we really have gotten um, into some emotional levels of a, of a branding partnership and an amazing business partnership that I never knew I could get into. 
Um, but man, it's pushed me to be better at everything. And so I, I wouldn't give it up for the world. And we're strong. I mean, I, we, we're always on the same page. We always know what we, what we need to have done. We just don't know whose direction we're going to take, you know, and that's when we, when we come together to make that decision. That's awesome. Um, he's great. And you, you were right when you said he's the hustler's hustler. That's what I no- named him when I first met him. Like, you are nothing but a hustler, man. I, and not, not in a bad way. Just you are a hustler. That is my favorite word to use because anybody who I see killing it and doing it and not looking back and not looking next to them and just moving forward has all my respect. And he is that for sure. You, you said something, Lacey. Are you crying? Are you crying now? He's crying. Lacey, you said something a few minutes ago that I, I kind of want to pick apart just a little bit and give you a little context. So I'm an investment tax advisor, and that's what we do here at my firm. Okay. And for many years, you know, I'm in love with finance, this business throughout, not so much with marketing. Um, so I started studying marketing, and guess mm-hmm. what? I really fell in love with marketing. Yeah. So because it's kind of the same thing. It's an investment, It's um, but just not with financials, just with other things, whether yeah. it's copy or images or everything else. But you take a dollar, and that dollar now can become 10 or 100. And that's, you know, kind of the, the spark of why I love investment, because you could take a dollar and make maybe a dollar, 10 cents. Yeah, not so much absolutely. Marketing. But the, the reason I, I have to ask this question is because I hear a lot of marketing professionals say this. You did, you were afraid to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I guess I kind of revere you guys and some of the, the things that you've done. And it's like, well, you guys kind of rule the world, <laughs> so to speak. Nothing happens without good marketing. Nothing yeah, happens I would until a sale's done. So what was it about? about that because clearly you had good ideas mm-hmm. um you, you were intelligent clearly you had confidence so what was it that would kind of held you up from taking that step to be an entrepreneur uh, that's actually something i'm constantly you know uh, assessing in my own life i'm constantly digging these to try to figure out like what how did i get here right i firmly believe and i don't i know this doesn't apply to all marketers but i firmly believe my experience in marketing being that it is in a casino business and it was in a casino business, which is typically 12 to 15 years behind the rest of the world when it comes to technology and advancement and they don't move very quickly. And it's just simply because there's a lot of regulation on that industry in general. So because of that, I I found myself in a room with people who I was supposed to be living up to, right? My general manager, my VP, my whoever, who was supposed to be mentoring me, who every day told me when I came with a new idea, that's great, but actually, could you go look at what our competitor's doing and just do what they're doing and figure out how to make it look different? I was like, well, that's not creative. So the repetition of me having to deal with that every day, day in and day out for 12 to 15 years of my career was um, stifling, you know, and it really started making me not believe that I had it in me, that maybe my ideas just aren't good enough. Maybe, you know, I didn't ever look at it as, no, this is just the industry, or this is just the idiot person I'm working for, or this is the horrible leadership I'm, I'm under, or whatever. It was, it was honestly, because I was so young when I started in the industry, I didn't know any better. I was literally 19 years old when I started working at a front desk at a casino, and 21 and two months when I got my first salary job as a marketing person. I had no training. I didn't go to school. I don't have a college degree. I just busted my butt and learned everything I could from everybody around me and hustled my way to the top. And the top wasn't exciting because guess what? At the top, I was was forced to look next door and behind me and see what everybody else is doing and try to just do it a little bit differently. And while that would probably taught me lessons that that I'm using to this day, I think the damage that was done in the process of no, not good enough or oh, no, we can't do that. Like social media. I tried to introduce social media to casinos. Five years before they even adopted it. I mean, five years. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Like, everybody in the world's using this. Why aren't we? You know. So, um, I just think for me personally, my experience was I just was told so many years without being told it outright, or sometimes not being told directly. 
you're not good enough. Your ideas aren't good enough. You're definitely not an entrepreneur. You're stuck in this industry. You don't have a degree. So you might as well just make the best of it and continue to rise to the top. But I'm going to push back a little bit. I mean, you were at Circuit this. Circuit de Soleil. So yeah. clearly there they do a lot of innovative things. They do. Yeah. And so so the casino business was a very big chunk of my career. It was only um, I was only with Cirque. Uh, I was there almost three years, I think. Uh, almost three years. And that was literally uh, a year ago was when I left. So it's gotcha. only in the most recent point of my life when I finally was like, oh, you know. And so when I left the casino industry and I went to work for um, Cirque, I had a hard time even being confident in sharing my ideas because I went in going, shoot, these guys already got it figured out. They know what they're doing. What nothing I bring to the table is going to be new. They, they these guys are the new. They are the new. You know, um, what I learned very quickly is that that um, they were sometimes stifled by their corporate policies and their structure and how they had set themselves up. So when I immediately realized that, I went, oh, like the oh, they're just as messed up as every other you know company I've worked for. I can now I know what I can do. So. I was able to do some really cool, bougie, creative things there. I didn't think they would be um, entrepreneur. I didn't think of them as entrepreneurial by any means, but um, I did. I brought partnerships to the company they would have never thought of doing. I ex executed um, partnerships and some some really cool stuff that they they you know, like with Marvel Comics and Macy's Day Thanksgiving Day Parade and things that they would never have done because they were so they couldn't see past the, the end of their nose. You know, what, what's something that any business owner could implement that Circle uh, Soul does? You know, I'll tell you what I did there that I feel like I, I did that increased um, their value uh, in terms of two other businesses. Um, any business, I don't care if you're a lawn service business or if you're, you know, some online guru, partnerships are key. Put your, look look around and find affinity brands that you could, you could like maybe partner with to do a giveaway or do a this or do a that, whatever it is you're trying to do, right? A charity outreach thing or whatever. Partnerships are what they make, make the world go around. People who are willing to open up their themselves to be aligned with another company or another brand or another someone and, and kind of use the power of two to make, make something bigger and better and connect with more people and, and cross-promote each other are the smartest people in the world. Those are the businesses that are making it work. And you can mark my words and look through any and every Nike and some of these major, major brands. They've been doing it for years. So figure out a way to align yourself and find someone and build a real partnership, not just, hey, let's promote each other's business, but actually like have a conversation, figure out how can we help each other, build friendships that build bridges between industries and bridges between companies. Because at the end of the day, that's what I brought to Search of Soleil. They had done it a little through sponsorships, which is very different. You're being paid to do it versus like marketing partnerships, in-kind partnerships where you can both get something out of it and yet you leverage both brands for the better. Excellent, excellent. Thanks. I mean, can, can you give me an example of, of a, a brand that uh, Circle could partner with that would make sense? I'll, just, I'll tell you one that I did actually. So we have a show. So the the thing we ran into when I was working at Cirque du Soleil was, um, you know, we had in on in a mile and a half on the strip, we had like nine shows or eight shows that all were supposed to have their own personal brand identity, their own show brand identity. So each show had a different story. Each show had a different audience. They said, even though Cirque was the overarching umbrella, every single show was supposed to have, be marketed differently, which is the biggest hugest task in the world to do, to try to develop an identity for a show that's under Search of Soleil. So what we started to do was look at the audience demographics, look at the story, look at how we could um, find new audience members that maybe not wouldn't have come to that show. A show in the uh, in Vegas called Ka um, is very martial arts driven. It's very kind of comic. It's like a, a comic book on stage, basically, a real life comic book on stage. So 
through conversation and through many um, you know brainstorming sessions, we decided why don't we try to do like a custom comic book series with Marvel Comics and see if we can do like a you know do like a cross promotion thing, do Comic Con, go do some stunts at Comic Con, do some cool stuff to integrate with the comic book fan world or just the fandom that's around Marvel in general. So we made a phone call, called Marvel, got in touch, made it happen, and um, now there's a four book series in play for the show Ka. We, they spent uh, the last two years, I believe, at Comic-Con, possibly three, and um, and it's been an amazing partnership. You know, th- there's a little money exchanged for, obviously, creation of the books and things like that, but at the end of the day, Marvel's pushing Cirque because that's a huge brand for them to be tied to, and Cirque is pushing Marvel because that's a huge brand. You know what I mean? It's, it, it benefits everyone. It's a lot of synergies there. Yeah, I gotta, absolutely. I got to ask, why not DC? Oh, because I'm a Marvel fan. Sorry. Uh, so uh, so you're, you're a comic book fan? I'm a little bit of a comic book fan. I don't know all the comic books, but I, I, I've been, you know, I, I'm a little bit of a nerd. I got a little bit of Star Trek in me. I got a little bit of comic book in me. I, uh, you know, like Ewoks Battle for Endor was like one of my favorite movies growing up. So Dark Crystal, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm kind oh, of a wow. nerd. Yeah. Chris, are you a comic book fan? I was. Okay. I, I grew up uh, going to comic book stores and, yeah. and buying comic books. And I enjoy it and I love all that stuff now, but... Kind of like what Lacey said, I'm not like so deeply rooted that I can just rattle off names and laugh. No, 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 not at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I grew up, I grew up um, reading DC, uh, okay. and so I, I'm always like kind of perplexed at why their brand isn't so much further along yeah. because they definitely yeah. have the, the storyboard. And Me I mean, I, I, I see why Marvel makes sense, but I had to ask that question. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, I'll be I'll be really honest. I didn't choose Marvel. We uh, we reached out to both, and Marvel was the one that responded. So I just had to say that I chose and, Marvel. And, because and, that's, and that, that goes back to what I'm talking about. That's yeah, part, like, part of the reason why their brand is so much further along. Yeah, they, they're, they're on it. They're, yep. you know, and I mean, they were bought by Disney, and that's a whole other conversation, but right. which kind of bums me out just because I know the inner workings of Disney. I love Disney. I'm a huge fan, but it just... Mm, bums me out, but they were amazing to work with. And it was right at the time that they were being bought out so that we did this. So it was, um, it, we got them before any changes had happened, which is great. Now, just real quick before you go, Lacey, I don't know how much time do you have? Uh, just a couple minutes. I, I actually have to call into this other thing so I can call in and put it on mute and listen, but uh, yeah, I just have a few minutes. Okay. Cause Chris, I was going to ask, you know, you have another wonderful young lady around and having a partner is like marriage. How does your wife feel about this stuff? That's a really good question, actually. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. It, it really is. In fact, it's interesting because immediately when Lacey came to the house, that was, I was nervous. You know what I mean? Like, it, I was nervous too. You know, I was like, oh God, I'm invading this guy's life. Is his wife going to hate me? Like, what are we going to have to deal with? You know? Yeah, it, it, was, it was nerve wracking. And the very first time she came in, uh, well, first of all, my boys loved her. And they don't, they're very standoffish when new people come into the house. And Lacey could uh, attest to this because she's been around long enough. But uh, immediately, uh, my wife and Lacey, they hit it off. They clicked. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I don't know if I've ever even told you this. Inside, I'm like. Well, your wife's cool, so. Well, yeah. yeah. But inside, I was like, thank God. Because I don't have to mess with any, like, like, not that, you know, we spend a lot of time together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And we even travel together now. Like we got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, and my it, husband too, his wife. We were very upfront about it in the beginning. And yeah. it was it was extremely important to me yeah. for this to work that both spouses actually not only liked the other person but like whatever. So fast forward to to, to today, uh, like all the families have dinner together and mm-hmm. the kids love each other and yes, yeah. like it's very fortunate that it worked out that way yeah. because of the nature of what we do and. 
you know, the travel and just everything included. I, I will okay. be honest. I didn't know you were married, Lizzie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Married two kids. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Cool, together cool. since I was 18. So, but I will say there were some bumps in the road. We definitely overcame them, but it wasn't like a jealousy bumps or anything like that. It was just like, okay, let's all get on the same page with our schedules. Yeah. Let's all understand how, what days we won't be working together so we can actually do family stuff. So it was just a matter of communication and we're working on it every day on both of our sides. And um, we just keep each other apprised of how's the family feeling? Is everybody still cool? Yeah. So um, it's a big, big thing for us and we, we make it a number one priority every day. We're, 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 and this is why I love working with Lacey is where some people in business partnerships and what have you, and I've seen it with my own yeah. eyes, they'll go through something that normally takes 30, 60, 90 days to weather and go through and figure out. We will do it like anywhere from 10 minutes to like two hours. Yeah. We, we come up with a solution. We yeah. figure out what the problem is yeah. and we immediately execute and go forward. Uh, even like personal stuff, and you mentioned the scheduling thing, like that was becoming an issue. It took us, what, 20 minutes to come up yeah. with a solution for that, and it's just been great ever since. Cool, cool. So you guys are like melding to become like one big family. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, my husband and uh, his wife Tiffany give each other crap all the time. They congrats each other. They get along. I mean, it's really, it's been great. Again, you know, there's definitely been bumps, but it, but those bumps have been short-lived, and, um, you know, we're still, still learning how to dance, but I, it's been so far so good, and the trust that they've given us and the trust that we give um, in each other to make sure that it's communicated properly on both sides has been really paramount in both of our eyes. So. Yeah, because yeah, you don't see a lot of people talk about that because my partner is yeah. a, a woman as well. And, and and I always wonder in the back of my mind, like, what is my wife thinking? You know, sure, and, sure. You know, don't want her to get any kind of feelings or anything like that. So, but you don't hear a lot of people talking about that. So. No, you're right. And, and I, thank you for bringing it up. Actually, I think we should talk about it on the show, maybe on our show. Just, I think it's such an Just important get, topic. Make sure you give me credit. Oh, are you kidding of me? Course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, come on. I'm going to have to check out to go to my other call. Thank you so much for letting me invade the call today. I had a no, blast. Thank you. It was wonderful. And I um, cannot wait to hear your show when it's all up and running. I'll, let, I'll keep you abreast. All have right. Fun. Thanks. Thank you. So it's just me and you, bro. Let's do it. Let's do it. So now you got Lacey on board. You're traveling all over the place. What's next? I have no freaking clue. And that's, again, I, I think I mentioned that on the show. Like, that's kind of the beauty of this whole thing. It's, I'm walking down a hallway now with Lacey. Lacey and I are walking down the hallway, and we're just opening doors. And we're seeing if uh, the doors will, A, even open. And if they do, and we peek in, uh, does it interest us? And that that's kind of like, been the theme of what's been going on i mean recently uh the whole traveling thing started popping up and i mean shoot before you record before we did this show i think you heard i, I looked at her and i was like do you want to go to miami someone asked us to go to miami to speak like did i plan that did we plan that absolutely not uh did we try it and fall in love with it yeah because what it's doing is it's it's doing a couple things it's from a marketing and <laughs> excuse me, marketing and branding side, well, let's it's helpful. It's probably a check. <laughs> so. Well, well uh, not necessarily because a lot of things that we've done, like we've done on our own dime. You know what I mean? Like, I'll give you an example real quick. Wait, 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 but wait a minute. If somebody's asking you to come to Miami, they're at least going to pick up expenses and everything else. Well, that's, that's yeah, that's one thing. But in terms of the travel, like recently, we did a live interview at the IC house theater in uh, Pasadena, the world famous comedy club with the owner of this club. Wow. He's very, very huge in the entertainment industry, very well connected man, uh, absolutely amazing. We drove down to LA for that. 
did we did we need to? Absolutely not. We could have done it on Skype like we do all the others. You know what I mean? And, and he was more than willing to do it on Skype. But for us, personally, selfishly, for our audience, on top of that, the whole experience of just driving down there, making the connection, shaking the man's hand, looking at him in the eye, like there's something special to that. On top of that, uh, the reason I say for the audience is we take them along the, on, on for this ride. Like we take pictures and what have you. We hooked up GoPros to the car and filmed the entire trip down, by the way. Now, oh, that's cool. It's yeah, like, a, it's a whole experience. Exactly. Like, it's, it's those types of things that, by the way, was out of our own pocket. We're, we're doing a trip here in a couple of weeks to Phoenix. Again, out of our pocket. The Miami thing, that's, that's one thing. But I think it contributes to the whole overall brand and the whole overall everything that uh, what makes the Crystal Rome show the Crystal Rome show uh, and just progress. It goes back to the evolution. You know what I mean? It's constantly evolving. So uh, what's next? The sky, I mean, we already said this, the sky's the limit. Like, why can't we do anything we want to do? Like, why can't we put together? I had this idea uh, a couple weeks ago, and I looked uh, online, and this is kind of being done, but why can't we get, like, 200 of, like, our, our fans and take everyone on a cruise somewhere? You know what I mean? Like, why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't Lacey and I do a 50-state tour? And yes, 50. We, we got you back Alaska and Hawaii. Like, why can't we do a 50-state tour where we record a show? Like, just all this crazy stuff I think of, why can't we do it? Well, we can't, so suck it. <laughs> you can, though. You can. I'm pretty sure there's somebody in every state that's, that's interesting um, that you can interview. Because I know... You know, I can't do it right now, but I actually, I would love to travel and um, and do interviews. I mean, for a while, I was doing some work with the Malcolm X uh, family, and there were some ideas that I had proposed, um, was doing actual interviews and going to find people who knew their father and, inter and interviewing them live on site. But that would be a travel kind of thing. So yeah. I, I think I think it absolutely makes, makes sense. I think it absolutely makes sense. I love it. I love it. Sky really is the limit. Biggie was right. <laughs> it, it it is and I mean I don't know if this was the direction you were going or, or, or whatever but it just I want to scream it from the rooftops I want to shake people and let them know like uh, it is okay to try something weird because you just want to whether it's traveling for a podcast whether it's eating some type of weird food you know what I mean like just freaking live and try and experience and, and off those experiences uh, the, those will carry you into the next thing and the next thing. And before you know it, you're living this life that you never thought you would ever. I mean, do you, do you think your, your time as being a skateboarder helped you to kind of yeah. embrace that? Because a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people can't do that. A lot of people are afraid. Look, uh, there, there's two things about skateboarding that I absolutely take and, and talk about a lot to this day. Uh, one is you're kind of like a little mini entrepreneur. Yeah, it's a sport, but it's a solo sport. And what it taught me is to continue to push forward and, and do, even though I'm by myself. The beauty about skateboarding is, uh, yeah, it's a solo sport, but you're a part of a community. You know what I mean? Like you're skaters together and you have your crew and whatnot. And you learn to interact with people and be friendly and, and, and be stoked for your friend who just landed this trick that you're trying to land. Like it's just all a positive experience, despite what a lot of people think. Uh, and the other one is there would be nights and I say nights because at the time everyone hated skaters and you'd have to like run from the cops and hide from security and all that. But there would be nights that 
I would throw my myself down a set of stairs or a handrail 20, 30, 50, 100, 150 times, you know, hitting my freaking head so hard, blood came out of my ear, which really happened, by the way. Uh, you know, just literally wrecking myself to land one trick. And then once I landed that trick finally, I wanted to do it again. Right. And I wanted to do it again. And I wanted to perfect it. And I wanted to get it down to the point where I could literally be cruising down the street, make a hard right into whatever, do that trick down the set of stairs that I spent, you know, last month killing myself over, landing it and continuing going forward. It goes back to, and, and pardon me because I don't know who this, I can't think of who this person is, like, uh, like you need to do it for 10,000 hours or something like that before, you know what I'm talking about, like before you perfect it. That's skateboarding. And that's what I, those experiences and throwing my body down a set of stairs or a curb or whatever, right, a ledge, anything, that's what I'm doing now on the show. Uh, I'm having that that bold, hard-headed approach uh, to just throw my body into this thing and make it work. Now, real quick, throw my, my body down a set of stairs and land a trick. I don't do the exact same thing every time. I'll tweak. I'll mess with. I'll be like, okay, my foot needs to be here. Da, 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 da. But I'm just doing. My show, I just do. And I tweak as I go. So it's like that famous Thomas Edison quote where, you know, the person said to him, you failed at this 10,000 times. And he replied back and said, no, I found 10,000 different ways not to do something. That is so perfect of what I'm trying to say. Yes, mm -hmm. that, that's exactly it. Okay. Well, I know we're coming to the end, but I wanted to talk about some of the other ventures you have going on. NLS, yeah. Next Level Society, the secret society you and Lacey it, have it, created. It like is. The Justice something. League of America or the X-Men or something. You, I, it you is. guys are doing awesome stuff. It is. Uh, I... It was an interesting start, right, uh, with the Next Level Society. I wanted to I wanted to do this type of thing for a while, and then I saw everyone and their mother had one, so then I didn't. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I, I was, I don't know, maybe gun-shy or what have you. No, I think you're like me. I think you're a natural contrarian, and I just, I just really started <laughs> to embrace that. And that's, you know, you don't want to do the same thing everybody else is doing because, like you talked about earlier, you want to inject your own DNA yes. into something and be – you know, everybody's throwing around the word authentic now, and I actually hate saying it, but I'm a user. You really want it to be authentic yeah, um, and genuine yeah. and, and from the heart. So I, I get that. I get that. At the time, I, I I had nothing to inject. So that's probably why I was like, eh, I don't want to do it because everyone's doing it. Fast forward maybe, uh, I don't know, a couple months, Lacey and I were talking. Because, by the way, she was included in that original conversation. Before she was even a guest, her and I were talking about this group and what it could look like and blah, blah, blah. Fast forward later, Lacey and I are having a conversation and I'm telling her, like, I'm freaking frustrated. I'm frustrated with all these paid groups that tells people they're going to do X, Y, and Z, but never get X, Y, and Z. Right. I'm frustrated people buying courses that is going to promise this return, but don't give you that return. I'm, I'm tired of uh, groups that you kind of graduate from, but then there's no college. You know what I'm saying? Like, you eventually got to move on. I'm tired of people charging obscene amount for one-on-one -on -one coaching uh, for – and look, this is, this is counterproductive. I get it. But in my mind, right, if you're at a certain level, you should not be charging people that amount of money because they're not there yet. Am I for coaching? Heck yeah. Do I, like, do I have it myself personally? Yeah, absolutely. But there's, there's, there's a certain time when you need to pay a certain amount 
for high-end coaching. You know what I'm saying? Like you should not be charging this coaching to only to tell people, oh, well, you need to be on Twitter. Here's how you do it. Oh, you need to be on Facebook. Like, and I'm paying you, I'm paying you an amount for like I should be making six figures, but in reality, it's elementary stuff. So all this combined into one. Uh, it was born out of frustration. So Lacey and I decided, you know what, we're gonna do it, but we're gonna do us. We're gonna in inject our DNA into it. And you've heard Lacey's experience on the show so far and uh, you've heard mine and you know mine and we formed together like Voltron and no one could touch us and it's a big fat middle finger up to a lot of these people that are essentially raping uh, you know like people in terms of uh, the amount of money that they're spending on courses and groups you you go into this group and I'm sorry I'm very long but I'm getting my passion I know you no, seem to like go, ahead, go ahead go ahead I like this like first of all the group is not for everybody it is like a, a society. It's a little secret society, and we and we are having it capped. Uh, we turn away. I want to say, at this point, we're up to like a hundred people. We've turned away from the group every time we turn it away. Why do they turn them away? Because they're not a right fit. It could I mean, be for various different reasons. I'll, I'll right, give you what's the right. One fit? of them, the guy was awesome, um, but he. This is actually a funny one, and I have to tell you too. This one's funny, and I'm going to tell you another one. But uh, he was high as can be, like, and Lacey even called him out on it. And look, I can give two freaking craps what you do. Like, right. if you want to show up to one of our hangouts high, fine, whatever. It's not even about that. But it's the fact that if Lacey and I are are going to put that much into your business, and you're going to show up essentially for a job interview high, like. That just that said a lot to us. That said that you're not even taking it seriously. You know what I mean? And what he was doing, by the way, he wasn't some artsy creative type. Because if he was some artsy creative type and he came up and showed up to this thing high, not showed up, but did our thing me. high, I wouldn't have cared. Because I'm like, okay, that belongs to the package. For all I know, it's it's him being high that, that has him create this amazing stuff. That wasn't the case. So that, that's one thing. Um, another is that we have to make sure we can actually help you. Because what I don't want to happen is... Uh, we're again going back to we're going to be your biggest cheerleaders. You need to be your biggest cheerleader as well. If we can't help you, what's going to happen? You're going to you're going to flounder in the group. You're not going to excel. Then by the end of the group, because it's you pay by quarter, you're going to be pissed that oh I didn't learn anything from those two. And uh, you know I'm going to go talk all over Skype and everyone that I didn't really learn anything and they didn't grow my business. Well, you didn't because you didn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like you didn't because you're, you weren't like in, in hustle mode and you didn't take care of it uh, like you should have. And I'm sorry, but I see that all the time and that thing pisses me off. Right, right. And the key thing is you have to have something already. You can't just join the group and say, I would like to do this, but I also want to do this, but I, I, I have that. Like, no, 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 no. Like you got to have something first. I'm not going to help you find out who you want to be when you grow up. It's not my strong suit, you know? Okay. So you're not playing therapist. No, not at all. Gotcha, gotcha. So the whole the whole idea of NLS, the Next Level Society, is is really to do what? Is it for business? Is it for creatives? Is it for podcasters? What exactly is it? All, all of the above. And everyone's like, "Oh, niche down." Well, I didn't niche down with my show, so I'm not going to start now. I don't even want to have that conversation. Yeah, I know. It's it's for anybody who has their quote unquote thing, whether it's a brick and mortar store, whether it's an online business, whether you're selling courses, whether you're a podcaster, whether you're a YouTuber. It doesn't matter. It's you come to us with your thing and we help you scale it even more than you already 
have done to this point. Because at some point you've plateaued. At some point you've gotten lost. Like what got you here is not going to get you there. We, we, Lacey and I, are the ones that are going to get you there. In the group, we have an author. We have a YouTuber. We have a, a tattoo shop owner. Brick and mortar. Yeah. Like it's a good eclectic mix. And we're helping each people individually. And we do these, these hour-long one-on-ones that we don't charge extra for, by the way. And we're helping, like, it's just, I don't know. Like, now I can go on and on and on and on and on. And I know you got to, like, kind of, like, wrap up the show. But um, we're, we're doing a lot of damage in there. And we're kind of keeping it behind closed doors because we're not here to, to help people, uh, you know, do their thing and then exploit them. Like, we, we, like, I'll use testimonials and what have you. But, like, we have a general vested interest in these people's businesses. And it's, it's, it's constantly do well. Yeah, like I want them to see, I want like this one person, I won't say anything, but I want this one person so bad to live the lifestyle that I live right now because they're, they're a podcaster. They're, there's two of them actually, husband and wife. And I see what they go through and it's like, I, I want to give this to you so bad. I'm going to help you get there. But it's like, and once they get to that level, I'm going to be so freaking happy and excited for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we're, we're coming, we're coming to the end. Coming to the end, so this is the warp drop section. This is the end. The, the warp drop section, yes, sir. <laughs> what book do you think holds a lot of million dollar ideas? Oh man, I thank you for stumping me because there's not one. There's really not one book. What comes first to mind? The the classics: How to Win Friends, Influence People. Uh, what's the other one? Power of Positive Thinking. Like they're classics for a reason. You know what I mean? You could take that, that whole mindset and, and, and go from that and then spearhead that into so many different things. You know what I mean? Um, any of the rich dad books. I'm big into money. You know that. Yep. You and I, we've talked about that before. Uh, I'm big into the foundational and the investments and the passive incomes. Like any of the rich dad. Who's that? Uh, Kiyosaki? Robert, Robert Kiyosaki. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, any, any of those. Okay. All right. Next question. What idea... You thought it was a million dollar idea turned out to be a disappointment. Mine? Yes. Or just in general? Oh, mine? Crap, dude. I have so many of those. It's not even funny. And, <laughs> and I go down these paths and I do them and it's not even funny. Um, I haven't, man, I haven't done it yet with the podcast. I'll say that. But I wanted to start a uh, promotion company. And I, I threw some shows and, and it was very well, but uh, it didn't turn out like I thought. I had this grandiose dreams of like, I'm going to bring these huge bands and huge whatever into, into Vegas. And yeah, it completely folded. And I went in full force in this thing too. Now, why did it fold? Uh, I was think it I execution, I, bad idea, bad promotion. No, I think it was execution. I mean, if I'm going to be honest with myself, I think it was execution. I think it was, I, I didn't know enough about the space uh, before jumping in. And I'm a big fan of just jumping in and doing, but sometimes that doesn't work with everything. You know what I mean? And the road that it would have taken me to, to get to the success that I wanted was a lot longer than I was willing to handle. What million dollar idea do you see just floating around it? Anybody can do, but you don't see a lot of people doing it. That anybody can do? And 
again, that's a tough one because at first I was like, well, podcasting. And then I was like, well, no, not everybody could do a podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean, um, YouTube, that's, that's one thing I, I'm big on because even if you're not good on camera, you can make screencast videos of you not even on. And you know what? I'm going to say YouTube. And here's why. YouTube is just a platform, by the way. It's just a vehicle. However, my son last night, he was talking to me about, and he's five. He's going to be six in about a month. He's very young. He's like, I want to make videos. I want to make Minecraft videos. And I say, and I said, uh, you're, you're too young, dude. Like, just a little bit older, and I'll let you, you know, be on camera. But, like, you're just, I don't know. Call me weird, whatever, as a father. I did not want him out there like that. I said, but uh, if you want, do your, your gameplay. You know what I mean? And if if you follow gaming and YouTube or whatever, you know that's freaking huge. Huge. My it's, children play Minecraft, and I just okay. Saw, so you know, I saw Microsoft bought the company that Minecraft that's made by Minecraft for two point five billion dollars. Yeah. And and I see there's like all these YouTubers who have like Minecraft channels. Like, yep, and, and they're making a freaking killing. Now take Minecraft out of the picture. I know people that uh, do knitting. And they make they only show their hands. I know people that do painting. I know people that do Lego builds. I know people that uh, do mechanics and car stuff. I know people that have made videos uh, and, and turned that into uh, a viable business, whether it be through AdSense, whether it be through driving traffic to their site, whether that be through selling their wares. Like the the possibilities are endless. So uh, it's not necessarily an idea based on your question, which you asked me, but. I do want to call it out because it is definitely an easy, free, by the way, uh, vehicle that could, you know, just, I, I don't even know. Like, that's, I don't know. Now I'm like my brain shutting down, but uh, I'll, I'll just go with YouTube. All right. That works. That works. So, so that was the last question in, in the uh, warp drive. Tell everybody, you know, where they can find you when the show comes on, where they can find the NLS the next level society what the application process is like first before i even do any of that thank you so much for having me on this was fun it really was and it was cool that we did a, a, a take two because uh we got to have Lacey on with us and that was really fun so thank you first no, thank you for accepting the uh, invitation of course man you know i got you but just go on uh really serone.com c-e-r-o-n that is the hub for anything. You want to connect with me on social media, you can find all my social media accounts on sarancho.com. You want to find about the Next Level Society, there's a little like box thing on the right to find out Next Level Society. If you don't even mess with the website and you just want to hear more about Next Level Society, go to sarancho.com slash join. Uh, but the show comes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We have a blast. We talk to amazing, amazing people and we're just having a great time. So, uh, again, this this was a blast. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. Now, w one last thing on Instagram. Sure. Man, you're not you're not the Saron show. You're Blue Gino, right? I'm Blue Gino on a lot of stuff. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Blue Gino. On Instagram, it's Blue Gino. That's why I usually direct people to just go to Saron show. Okay. Okay. So they'll click on the icons and they can they can even my YouTube channel is Blue Gino. There's a lot of Blue Genos going on. Okay. That a lot of people uh, even before I started the podcast know me from. So that's why I just kept it. Gotcha. Well, thank you, sir. I definitely appreciate your time, and I'm going to have you back on later on once you get some more wonderful things going. Anytime, man. Thank you so much. Knowledge is powerful. When implemented correctly, can truly change your life.
Thanks for listening to The Million Dollar Trek, home of million dollar ideas. Visit us at themilliondollartrek.com. <laughs>